You're listening to the Real Estate Insider Podcast, a bold look at reality, news, analysis, strategies, and opinions, direct from the veteran team at the Rain Research Institute, with today's host, real estate strategist, Russell Westcott. Hi, my name is Russell Westcott with the Real Estate Investment Network, and this is Building Real Estate Wealth, The Rain Way the interview series for sharing the behind the scenes stories for real estate investing success. This interview series is designed to provide you with the detailed insights, strategies, and inspiration to create a lasting legacy of financial independence. I'm glad you're here. And once again, it's time to build your real estate wealth. Today, our interview is with Mitch Collins. I have to be honest, in this interview, I did not say much. Mitch's story is so incredible. I literally just turned on the microphone and Mitch went deep. Mitch shared an amazing story of transformation, going from the side of the road with a flat tire and flat broke to building a sizable and meaningful real estate empire. Make sure you listen to the entire episode. Just when you think Mitch has accomplished what some might call success, everything almost came crashing down. Please enjoy this incredible story with investor Mitch Collins. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Russell Westcott here. And today we have an unbelievable special guest with us. I am pumped to talk to a really good friend, Mitch Collins. Welcome to the show today, Mitch. How are you doing? Really good, Russ. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. I'm super pumped to be here as well. Hey, Mitch. You know what? Uh, I'll tell you what. I've seen you evolve over the years as an investor. And I'll tell you what. Who you've become as a human being is, is amazing. And what you've done within real estate, I, I saw your numbers this past year when we were putting together the awards, and I absolutely fell off my chair about all the incredible stuff you've done within real estate. So before we dive into Mitch Collins, the person and a lot of your backstory, maybe just for some context of where you're at, maybe if you could just share with people maybe how long you've been investing, uh, where you live, uh, what's your your primary target market, and maybe just uh, the size of your portfolio that you've built so far. Uh, for sure. So maybe I'll start off with when I started investing. Now, I mean, there, there's two different answers to that. I mean, I, I started learning about investing probably back in 2001, but uh, I didn't have uh, two pennies to rub together. Um, so, I mean, I started learning, I would say that's when my path began, but I couldn't really get involved until about 2003 because it took me about two years of educating myself and learning and, uh, you know, just, just building the networks I needed to build in order to raise my first, uh, you know, joint venture capital to put my first actual deal together. So really I began in 2003 and, uh, you know, it's funny right now I, I live in, uh, in North Vancouver. My wife and I just moved to Vancouver after, uh, you know, living in Fort St. John for about 16 years. And for anybody that's not familiar, Fort St. John is up by Alaska in northeastern BC. So we're kind of far removed. We're about eight hours northwest of Edmonton. And uh, yeah, I mean, as far as how many properties, you know, we started off kind of slow. I mean, uh, you know, in the early days, I, um, you know, I'd show up in rain meetings and I was the eager beaver and I'd show up and I'd watch people that had five, 10, 15 properties. And, uh, and they blew my mind. I mean, I never even really, you know, my life, I, I came from a scarcity mentality. I was raised as a poor kid, um, you know, didn't have any any role models to follow, nobody that had any uh, financial success of any measure in my wheelhouse. So, you know, growing up, money was always a mystery to me. And I never thought that I'd actually be able to or didn't feel worthy enough because I hadn't experienced that 
that I should be able to go in and uh, you know achieve the results that I, I wanted to intellectually. Um, so anyway, it started off a little bit slower for me. I had to learn a lot of the basics that I didn't learn maybe in the household growing up and that kind of thing. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, so we started off I think one two properties in our first year in two thousand and three. Then I think we bought four or five the next year, and uh, you know now you know speed up. Uh, you know, 13 years uh, to, to today, and we're over 100 properties right now. Uh, we've bought over 35 this year alone right now. Um, so it just evolves. But 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 I find, you know, when people ask me that question, you know, usually, uh, and I'll tell you what, 13 years ago, I never would have thought that you know, we'd be doing what we're doing right now. But it's like anything. When you start when you start building a portfolio and you start getting good at things and just, just you know, over a decade, you can get way better at things and build a bigger network. Um, it's just like a snowball and it gradually grows on its own. Wow. So, uh, yeah. Holy moly. So, so if you can actually think about it, you know, 13 years of, of, of working at your craft and, and taking all the steps necessary to be success and learning the system and building your system and taking action and meeting the people, you know, 13 years later, you're an overnight success. Yeah, I guess it would probably look like that to some people, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done. Now, now you did share a little bit about before real estate with you, about your, your upbringing. But you, you um, and I know you shared this on, on a stage, one of the RAIN workshop stages, is your, your career before you really got fully into uh, real estate investing wasn't really a empowering, creative venture that really inspired you in real estate. Maybe share a little bit about before you got the real estate bug. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, totally. So, I mean, like for me, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I'll back it right up. I mean, I, I, for me growing up, um, you know, I was raised in, in rural Southern Ontario. So this is just South of Ottawa where the economy was very, very depressed and there was few and far jobs, you know, there was virtually nothing really to do there. So, I mean, I was working as a, you know, a farm laborer. Uh, I was in the army actually, um, you know, all through high school, but I also managed a gym and, uh, you know, but anyway, I was holding two or three jobs all through high school and didn't really ever have any money. So, you know, literally a week after high school, I had no capital to go to college. And a lot of my friends were going to college and university and, you know, had all these grand plans. And I kind of felt left out because I hadn't paid attention enough in school, um, you know, to uh, really go to post-secondary education. And uh, I didn't have the money to go anyway, so I never really strived toward it. Uh, but something interesting happened, like literally uh, three or four days after my high school graduation came, and I was planning at that time to go to Afghanistan to fight in, in, in the uh, you know, peacekeeping missions at that time. That was the big deal around 1999. And uh, an uncle of mine from Edmonton came up to visit for a large family reunion. And uh, he offered me, you know, just over beers at my grandfather's place at the big farm. We all got together. And uh, he was a drilling rig manager uh, on, on a drilling rig site. And uh, you know, he asked me what I was, what I was up to, what my plans were, and at that time I was, uh, you know, 17 years old, pretty, you know, big, muscular, you know, uh, nice guy, and he can, you know, can tell I would have been a hard worker and that kind of thing, and uh, he, you know, quickly realized that I didn't have much to look forward to except maybe going overseas and, and uh, you know, fighting with the Canadian Navy, and uh, you know, he offered me a job on his drilling rig, and uh, you know, at that point, being from Ontario. Um, I had never heard of a drilling rig before. I didn't know how they got oil out of the ground or, or any of that stuff. So I had uh, literally no uh, idea what the heck I was doing. And uh, he said, you know, Mitch, if you want to come with us, I need to know right away because we're leaving in two days and we're going we're gonna to drive back and you're welcome to hop in the truck with us and come. And uh, so anyway, I had literally two days uh, of, of pondering to do. I didn't know what the heck to do at that stage. 
And uh, it, it's really funny, you know, back when I was still managing the gym before, before I left, so I was still, you know, in my 17-year-old uh, self, I remember looking back and the only other thing that I, that I thought I wanted to do back then, and I don't know why I wanted to do it, but I wanted to try out uh, being a realtor. And I, I don't know why. I just uh, There's something about real estate that kind of intrigued me. I had an uncle uh, or a kind of an uncle. He was uh, you know, somehow related to me through marriage or something, a man that used to own a, uh, a brokerage in the little town that we were from. And, uh, you know, I remember really liking to meet people and I felt like I could engage with people and I was trustworthy and wanted to help people. I had no skill set, so no capital, no, no uh, confidence in business in any way, shape or form. And I remember uh, before I went with my uncle, you know, picking up the phone to call this guy and ask him, you know, what it would look like to maybe come in and work in his office. And uh, I got too scared to actually dial. I, I had to hang up because I felt like he would have laughed me off the phone. And, uh, you know, so it's interesting. I, uh, you know, I ended up going with my uncle uh, out to, uh, to Edmonton and I started working drilling rigs uh, for, you know, how long was it? Drilling and service rigs for about uh, five years and uh, on and off for five years. And yeah, and that job was uh, certainly not my calling by, in any stretch. So yeah, I guess to, to answer the question, that's kind of a long-winded answer to it, but that was basically how I started off in the early days was, uh, you know, drilling and service rigs and, uh, you know, right, right out of the gate, uh, you know, the crew that I ended up with, my uncle's drilling rig crew, my uncle's a fantastic guy. Um, the people that, uh, that I started working with were uh, a, lot more, a lot more rougher around the edges than I was, let's put it that way. Um, you know, a lot of them had spent jail time and a lot of them were heavy drinkers and drug users and that kind of thing. And uh, I didn't fit into that crowd very well. Um, you know, on the way down, my uncle called up that crew and asked them to fire the, the guy on the bottom of the totem pole. And it just so happens that he was a really good friend with them all. So when I showed up, they kind of had it out for me because I, I replaced their good friend. And the good friend was a good worker, but I just kind of got in because my uncle was the boss. So they, uh, I, it, was, it, was, it was a tough transition for me. It didn't, it didn't exactly roll right into it very easy. Wow. So I guess that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's put it this way. Uh, you take, a, take, a, take a quick drink there, Mitch. Like, what a, what a fantastic story. Um, so a couple things. You know, you said you didn't fit into that crew. Well, thank goodness you didn't fit into the <laughs> the, the alcohol and the drug use and, and the jail time. But, uh, and, and for any of people that are listening, if you've ever met Mitch, um, uh, Mitch is, is a, is a big guy. He, he, you are, I call you the gentle giant, the gentle teddy bear, if you will. You got a, a grin from ear to ear and you're just like the, the most, the nicest guy you'll ever meet, uh, in, um, in life. And so you're sitting there, you, you know, you manage the gym, you're in the Navy, your oil rigs, you really didn't have, um, what I would call maybe a really uh, positive role model at that time, really, if if you would, if you would agree to that. So, what was what was kind of the the flip, the switch moment, if you will, that got you from you know wanting to, uh, being on the oil rig and interested in real estate investing? Well, that's a great question, Russ. And uh, you know, I'll tell you what, for, for me, and I'm sure this is the case with a lot of you know the people that I, that, that have done similar things. Because there was a few things. I mean, for me, you know, growing up very, very poor, I mean, I used to get picked on, uh, you know, called a welfare kid and that kind of thing, because I always had secondhand clothes and just, just, you know, I always had an insecurity around money and just, just uh, and, and worthiness around that area in life. And so I carried that with me for a long time. And I know one of the things that happened for me anyway was, you know, shortly after I moved to, uh, to Fort St. John, I, I was still, I think I might have just turned 18 years old. Um, I got a call from my mom. And, uh, you know, I still remember it like it was like it was yesterday. I mean, I'm just about 35 now. This, this is going back a long time. 
And she called me up, and she was upset. And uh, you know, she had just gone through a you know a, a divorce. I mean, she she had had a few uh, you know breakups in her past, but she just gone through a fresh divorce with her husband at the time. And um, you know, she was a bus driver, and she told me that she was uh, you know a few months behind in her mortgage payments, and uh, was about to lose her house. And uh, you know, asked if I might be able to help her out in any way, shape, or form. And you know, at that time, I was an eighteen-year-old kid just starting to work on the rigs, and you know. I didn't know this challenge was going on. So, you know, I was still being foolish with my money. And, you know, like most young kids do, especially in, in the oil patch, I was drinking on the weekends and just kind of following what usually happens out there. And uh, I remember I wasn't able to, uh, to really offer any assistance when uh, my mom needed that. And, uh, and it killed me. It was, it was, it was brutal. I, I felt powerless to help. And, uh, you know, something kind of snapped when that happened. I, I told myself, hey, I'm never going to let this happen again. I need to at least make sure that I'm, I'm, uh, you know, solvent enough so that if something goes wrong with the immediate family in my, in my, in my core, I can be there to help out when, when it's really needed. And uh, so anyway, I still had no idea what that meant or, you know, any of that stuff. But I do remember it was something funny. Like a few weeks before that, while I was still driving through with, with my aunt and uncle across, uh, you know, the U.S., we, we went down through the U.S. on the way to, uh, to Edmonton. Um, I was in the hotel one night. And, uh, you know, I think we were stopping at Mount Rushmore that night. But in the hotel, I was watching a, you know, an infomercial on TV. And I was a you know, 17-year-old kid. And I watched the Carlton Sheets commercial. I don't know if you remember him at all. He was the buy, buy real estate with no money down and that kind of thing. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I've, I, I'm, I, I invested heavily myself, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, here's the thing. I, I didn't have any money to invest. But I remember just watching that show. And, and he was a good salesman. And, and it hooked me. I mean, I... I you know, so anyway, I started thinking about real estate. He kind of planted the seed, even though all I saw was the infomercial. I never did anything else with it. But uh, really what it was for me is, you know, while I just after I got that call from my mom, um, I was still thinking about real estate. I mean, it didn't mean anything else to me. But one of the coworkers that I, that I, and I was on a different rig at this stage in the game. I quit the first one. I was working on a different rig. And one of the guys that I was living with, gave me a book called uh, The Power of Focus uh, by the same authors that wrote uh, the Chicken Soup for the Soul series and that kind of thing. And up until that stage, I had never read any kind of a business development or self-help book or anything like that. It was totally foreign to me. I'd always read like just books for fun. And uh, I remember getting into that book and it just changed the way, you know, it changed what I thought was possible for myself. I mean, you know, I realized that there was a whole bunch of, even though I hadn't learned or experienced, uh, you know, how to be successful through experience or through people in, in my, uh, you know, network at that stage in life, I realized that every answer that I wanted was out there somewhere in some medium. And that was, that was a revelation for me. So, I mean, I, I read that book a couple of times, cover to cover in like a, a week. And uh, then I, I found a book called the seven habits of highly effective people. And, you know, I was still 18 and I read those books and it really, really changed what I thought was possible. And it made me start questioning, working on drilling rigs and you know maybe what I wanted to do for the future because for the first time I started to think that you know maybe I could achieve something still didn't have any idea uh, of what that might be but uh, anyway here, here's what happened for me my wife you know my girlfriend at the time I met her I used to bounce at the bars and that kind of thing when the rigs were slow so I met my wife uh, you know while I was bouncing she tried to sneak in underage at the bar you know, I was 19 just turned 19 she was 18 I let her in and we met and, and uh, you know it, it became what it was but she decided to move to Calgary to go to college. So what happened is we, we both moved. We were living in Calgary for a period of time. And uh, I was still working drilling rigs, so I was flying in and out. And uh, you know she was going to University of Calgary, U of C. 
taking sociology. And uh, it was the weirdest thing. I mean, I, I flew into Calgary one, uh, you know, I think it was a Sunday morning after, a, you know, three or four week hitch out in the middle of wintertime. And I hopped in my beater truck from the airport and I was cruising down, uh, you know, to get home. And I got a flat tire. And I still remember, you know, and I've got a bad memory. So, you know, if I can remember things like that happened yesterday, it's pretty significant. And uh, anyway, the guy that pulled over to help me, um, you know, he, uh, I hopped in his truck and we're driving to the tire repair place. And, uh, you know, he asked me what I did and I told him I was a rig hand. And I asked him what he did. And, uh, you know, what he told me floored me. He told me that he was a full-time real estate investor. And uh, instantly my, my, you know, my attention was just, he had, this guy had my attention full tilt. As soon as he said that, I just, everything stopped. And I was grilling him with questions like, how do you do that? I mean, how did you start? Like, just, I, I couldn't believe that somebody was actually doing that. I thought it was, I thought actually doing it was a fairy tale. And uh, anyway, his name was Brian Fisher. I still remember that. And, uh, you know, he told me that that night he was actually involved in a uh, real estate investment group that was actually meeting that night at one of the uh, uh, restaurants in downtown Calgary. And he invited myself and uh, my girlfriend at the time to, uh, to meet them for, for this uh, event that they had. So anyway, I got home and I told my, my, my current wife now, Miranda, I said, Miranda, we have to go and, and you know, see this. This guy's a full-time real estate investor and he's got training, uh, you know, and they can teach us how to do this. And at this, at this stage in the game, I'd been reading a few books on real estate and just kind of thinking about it more and more. And so anyway, we went to this event and, uh, you know, at that time we were both pretty shy in front of big groups and that kind of thing. And it was the craziest thing. I mean, basically there was a circle of chairs and there might've been 20 people there, 25 people there or something. And, uh, you know, what, were, what they were up to was everybody was basically taking their turn and, and uh, talking about their success stories and how real estate allowed them to quit their jobs. And uh, it was surreal. I remember, you know, somebody would, uh, would, would explain their story about how they maybe bought five or ten properties or whatever it was. And the income was enough to surpass their job income. And then they would tell their story and then, and then they would say the date that they quit their job and then everybody would clap and it was just crazy. I mean, uh, you know, everybody was going around the room sharing their success stories. So it must have been a group of like the elites in this in this organization or something. And then there was Miranda and I. And uh, anyway, as it started coming around toward us, we started getting nervous because you know here she is, a, she's a student. I'm still a rig pig basically. And uh, you know, it uh, when, when it came around to us, I just had to stammer a little bit and say, "Hey guys, like, you know, it's pretty amazing. Listen, to all you guys, but uh, you know, I just, I'm just here to learn because I'm not I'm not there yet or anywhere near to it." And uh, anyway, that group was called Motiva Real Estate Investment out of uh, Calgary years and years ago. And, uh, you know, they were trying to sell at that stage in the game a uh, training program. And I believe it was 20 grand. And, of course, I didn't have 20 grand, so I couldn't action on it. But um, that really got me really got me hooked. So anyway, my mind was all about real estate at, at that stage in the game. I was still working rigs. And tell you what, I remember the next time, like when I flew out immediately uh, to the rig after that, like my next time working, I started telling the guys at work, hey guys, like I'm telling you, I want to get into real estate somehow. I don't know what that is, but I think I want to start buying properties and and uh, I just, it's just something that I want to do. And do you think the response was good from my, my crew? Um, it's funny, I got laughed at, I got ridiculed. Uh, you know, the guys told me I'd never amount to anything, I'd never go anywhere, I just quit wasting my time, I was fooling myself and you know, it was, it was pretty depressing. Like, I mean, it was actually, it's funny. I became the laughing stock of that rig for about three or four days. I never went back. Like after our two week hitch was up, uh, you know, I, I kind of told people about a week into my last hitch on the rigs, what I wanted to do. I got laughed at so hard just because it seems like in that industry, nobody wants to see somebody else go and do something 
and they want to keep everybody at the same level. And it was just really, really hard to deal with. So um, anyway, long story short, I, uh, I quit the rigs, moved into Calgary, and I took what was at that point called urban land economics. Um, I met somebody, and I can't remember even where the conversation came up from, but they said, hey, you should go to school. There's an urban land economics program that can help you become a realtor or you know, a land developer or get a job with a land developer or builder, whatever the case was. And so anyway, I, I did. I, I decided to enroll for it. I took most of my savings and uh, you know, bought into this program. And then something interesting happened. I mean, at that stage in the game, um, I was, uh, you know, I had gone to grade 13. They still had that in Ontario. So it was supposed to be my first year university uh, degree, right? I was supposed to come into university already having my first year completed because I had already done that in Ontario. But in Alberta, they didn't recognize that whole year of schooling I had done, nor did they even recognize my, my uh, high school diploma. So I had to go back before I could even get into the urban land economics program they made me go back and do a whole bunch of other uh, backfill work uh, to give me basically a GED. And, uh, you know, part of the courses that they made me take was, uh, uh, you know, astronomy, English, there was a couple other things. And the biggest one was calculus, like uh, trigonometry, like full-on calculus. And uh, all the other courses I took, I, I, I killed, like I just, it was, you know, I got A's on everything without spending much time. But this calculus course was, uh, was nasty. And uh, I remember being so uh, kind of upset that I had to go through the, this calculus because I knew that it was just red tape to get to me to my goal, which wasn't calculus. I just wanted to do real estate. And uh, because I had been away from school for so long and I quit taking math in uh, high school in grade 10, I really, really struggled with with, uh, with completing this course. So anyway, I, I, long story short is I worked my tail off for the semester and I failed it by 1%, this calculus. And I spent 80% of my time on this calculus course. And uh, I was so depressed, uh, not depressed, I was just angry with the system and that kind of thing, that I decided to drop out. And, um, you know, it was funny, right around that time, I uh, got introduced to Don Campbell, uh, you know, his uh, Real Estate Investing in Canada book. And, uh, you know, I think I had gone to my first RAIN meeting at that stage in the game. And I remember listening to Don and what he was saying at that time was, uh, this is back in like 2002 or 2001, something like that. And what he was saying was that you know you can't replicate boom times, and that you know people and there was a, there was a definite boom that was just starting to emerge at that stage in the game. You probably remember it, Russ. And um, you know, I all of a sudden, what what he, he said something that hit me that stuck with me today. And, and what he said was, if you don't experience or you don't participate in the next run up, you're going to feel a lot of regret in life if you if you miss the next run. And so I really thought to myself, I came home from that event in our tiny little apartment in downtown Calgary. And I was working at a liquor store and my, you know, my wife was uh, working as a telemarketer on the side. And we barely had enough money to make ends meet. And uh, I remember sitting down and, and thinking it through. I said, you know, would, I, would my time best be suited spending four years going to school to get this urban land course? Or would my four years best be spent maybe going back to Fort St. John, getting a job and just figuring out how to buy real estate the hard way and just, just put myself through school? The school of hard knocks, basically. And, you know, I decided to jump in and just quit school and go up north and just try to figure it out. So, anyway, that's uh, kind of a long story with how I uh, got to 
the position of trying to, you know, to, to buy real estate. That's what I got out of the rigs uh, in, a, in a long, long story. Holy moly. <laughs> well done. Wow. What a story. I'm just, I'm just sitting back here and I'm just, I'm, I'm literally grinning from ear to ear. Uh, so many things there, Mitch. Just, just imagine um, if you wouldn't have got that flat tire and you wouldn't have met that fellow who was a, a full-time real estate investor. It might've derailed things. You might've went back to the rigs. They might not have made fun of you. You might not have got, you know, you know, sorry for lack of terms, pissed off at them. And, and you might've got bought into that lifestyle and you might have went down a completely different path. Wow. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, one other thing, I mean, there's like anything, when you're thinking about a certain path that you want to take and, you know, a couple of things, just, just like I said, I don't want to elaborate too, too much. I don't want to take up way too much time on it. But there was a couple other people that I met that, uh, you know, on top of Brian Fisher, who was like the main catalyst, but I've never talked to Brian since. Like I met him that one time and I couldn't give Motiva the 20 grand. So it was just kind of a, an influence. But I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, at the liquor store I was working at, there was also a manager there who was, you know, at the time he owned five or six properties. And, you know, this guy was, was really arrogant and not a very pleasant guy to work with. But I remember trying to ask him questions about, hey, how are you buying properties? And he wouldn't want to tell me anything. He thought I was just a, a peon because I was a, a warehouse guy in the back just moving kegs around. And uh, tell you what, the last person that I met that really just, just it just hit me that, that if these guys, these guys could do it, I could do it too. You know, my wife and I were looking at moving to another place closer to her school, and one of the uh, you know the young kids showed up and showed us this this rental property. He was maybe only a couple of years older than us, and it, you know after talking with him, it turned out that he owned five or six other homes, and that he was doing student housing, and uh, you know owned a bunch of properties, and and I just saw enough of these, and I decided to you know I just kind of felt really uncomfortable. I felt like I was wasting my time. So there was a few different sources there, and uh, but it, but it's interesting when you when when your mind is wired into something and you see these triggers or these flags coming around, you can propel you sometimes to jump in a little faster than you might otherwise would have done it. Oh, absolutely. And I know there's lots of people that'll be listening to this incredible story that will be in the same boat you were back then. And, you know, they'll be sitting there and they go, you know, I real estate, I just thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. And it's just like a seed, an inception that just is so deep that you just, you know, things start showing up. You know, for example, when that, uh, the fellow driving the car showed up, when the manager of the, the liquor board, liquor store showed up, up. And here's the really cool thing, Mitch, if you really think about it, um, this your story has really come full circle, is I would bet that if somebody got a flat tire on the road out North Vancouver way, you'd be picking them up and you'd be telling them about real estate. You might be the new catalyst for many people listening to this episode that might be the catalyst for someone to jump into real estate full time. So so the, the student has now become the teacher, my friend. Well, that's exciting to hear that, man. I, uh, you know, and, and it's so funny. I mean, it, you, know, you don't realize what's happening over time, but like ten years into something, that is the case now. I mean, I, I you know, I, I see people all the time and try to offer them insights. If I think that they're interested, it might be the right fit for them. I, I love doing that now, and I think it's, uh, you know, I know that without some of the guidance that I would have had, you know, predominantly through rain in the early years, there's no way I would have been where I am today. Not a chance. And uh, yeah, so it excites the heck out of me to be able to you know offer any kind of you know, advice that I can as well. So I would imagine. Um, so you you joined Rain with about around two thousand two ish, give or take. Uh, yeah, yeah, right around that time. Okay. Yeah. So I would imagine, uh, you know, coming from that Motiva ex example where they were trying to sell you a $20,000 uh, coaching program to come to Rain, where it was, you know, extremely, it was, it was no $20,000, you know, it was like 199 bucks a month and yeah. the resources and the people you met and just the things, 
and just the the just diving in with both feet and just being in a community was probably so worth the money that you paid for that uh, you know small money compared to what people were char- trying to charge twenty thousand dollars. Oh, you know, Russ, it, it's funny. I'll, I'll tell you this. So, you know, when I when I quit school and moved back to Fort St. John, you know, I, I went back to the drilling rigs because that's all that I, that I knew for a while. And uh, but but I was focused on real estate somehow. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew that I, I knew that's what I was going to do in, in some capacity. I was just I just had no idea what to do yet. <laughs> so you know when I when I found out after I read Don Campbell's book again, um, you know I, I somehow was searching online and found out there was this big event going on in Edmonton, and uh, and I remember you know packing up on my days off and driving down. And my wife wanted nothing to do with it. She thought I was a space cadet. Like she wasn't on board. It took probably a year and a half for her to even. Kind of get on board as well. She 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 was not interested in it at all. So Mitch uh, thought as in as past tense space cadet or or, or <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's that's, that's changed now. <laughs> I'm just teasing you, brother. No. But a bit, but but tell you what, you know when I, when I first went to the event, um, you know and the acre weekend just blew my mind. I mean it was it was uh, man there was so much information there. Like I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what when I as a rig hand you know I was making fairly good money. I mean for for my stage in the game. And uh, right before I went to the first rain meeting or the first acre weekend, I got turned down for a $500 visa uh, that I was applying for. And I had no idea what the heck, uh, why. I mean, I, I just, it made no sense to me. And I was, I was ashamed and upset and I just didn't know the rules of engagement at all. And after showing up at the rain event, I know that there was a whole, the whole weekend was geared around, well, finding properties and analyzing it. But what really, really caught me because what I needed to know about was money. I had no idea about how banking operated and how people got money because I was always living paycheck to paycheck at best. You know, um, basically the uh, the segment around banks and the sophisticated investment binder and that kind of thing was just absolute gold for me. Like, I mean, it was it it just it just changed everything. I mean, I was able to go back to Fort St. John. And with the information that I had learned, I knew what the banks were looking for. I knew how debt servicing was. I know what you know the gross debt service ratio was. I knew what my uh, you know capacities needed to be. I knew what the bank was looking for. And now all of a sudden, I knew the rules to the game. Where before I was absolutely clueless. And uh, you know by by knowing that, I could go in and then play the game, you know, with uh, with the intention to win. And right after the first rain meeting. Um, I was able to get a loan for fourteen thousand dollars to buy my first terrible mobile home that we moved into. Um, but anyway, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. You know, about joining Rain, it was funny. Right at the end of the weekend, you know, I had paid the six or seven hundred dollars to go to the event, and uh, I remember standing in line um, to join up at the back of the room uh, because I desperately wanted to be a monthly member after the people that I had met and the information that I had learned about. And, uh, you know, I remember calling my wife and, uh, you know, for us at that stage in the game, $200 a month was, uh, it was substantial. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't massive, but I mean, we, we definitely would have felt it because we were, my wife was still a student and like, you know, we were just kind of starting off. And I remember calling her up. I pulled out my, my flip cell phone and called her up and said, Hey Miranda, like, I'd really like to join this. And, uh, and she, you know, chuckled at it. She said, Hey, like she, she wasn't there. So she, she obviously had no idea what, 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 what the content was. But she was, uh, let's just put it this way, she was against it, big time. <laughs> and uh, of, of course, like guys usually do, I, I, you know, I, I you know, said, okay, honey, I, uh, you know, you're, you're right, it's probably too much money. I hung up the phone and then signed up, as, uh, as guys usually do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was the best move I ever made in my life. I mean, just, just the contacts and the uh, information and the, uh, the network that I was exposed to literally changed everything for me. So it was totally worth it. Wow. So, so and then literally from there... 
you know, now fast forward, you know, almost a decade later or a little over a decade that you're, you know, over a hundred properties. Uh, you don't even live where you invest anymore and you bought 35 new properties this year alone. And, um, and I would imagine the, the income and the cash flow that you're generating off of that portfolio sustains more than sustains the lifestyle that you guys are looking for right now, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, it's, it's funny, Russ, about a year ago, because um, I was always been the guy, like after I started reading some of those self-help books from when I was a young kid, um, I really learned the power of goal setting and just visualization and that kind of thing. And uh, when I first joined Rain, I remember, you know, creating my, my goal plan and I set up like a four-year uh life plan for myself, if you will. And uh, I found it. I, I just on the way down, we just moved to Vancouver here a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I found uh, in going through some of my, in, in unpacking all of our stuff, I, I found an old book from like way back in 2002. And just reading it just shocked me because there was uh, all the things that I had set out to go and do. And I hadn't looked at this since I wrote it like, years and years ago. Um, but just by setting that intention and writing down the goals, I, I slaughtered every one of the goals except for one of them in there that I wanted to go and do. And, um, you know, I, it, originally I wanted to buy five properties. I wanted to have $2,500 a month in revenue. That's that's all that I wanted. And, uh, you know, we, we've, we've well, well, well exceeded that many times over and uh, just never, you know, never would have thought back in those days, uh, you know, that that would have been possible. Wow. Holy moly. I'm sitting here and I'm just writing note after note after note. What a, what an inspirational story um, that you've had there, Mitch. So, and I know you've overcome so many things when you were just sharing the story, everything from, you know, from not feeling, um, you know, being ridiculed while at work or not feeling that you could help your mom out when she needed help with you know, potentially losing her home. And you just over, you know, for failing calculus and, and not graduating the, the Urban Land Institute program you went through. So of all the things that you have overcome, what would you consider one of your greatest challenges that you've overcome to date? Ooh, um, well, I'll tell you why. I know exactly what it is. And it wasn't so much one challenge, but it was a series of uh, events that I had to go through maybe a few years ago that really changed everything for me. And maybe, you know, to answer that question, because this is a great thing. Like, I love hearing other people's challenges to know how they handled it and, and, uh, and that kind of thing. And for me, I'll, I'll tell you what mine was. Like when I, this might have been three years ago or so. You know, I, I was a new realtor. Um, I, I was, I might have been into it for for two years at that point. And uh, you know, I was working my tail off, Russ. I mean, I, I was just so uh, so in, entrenched and uh, you know determined to make it happen that I was working 12, 13, 14 hours a day. Um, just, just really, really pushing to make things happen. And I started to uh, really, really let other areas in my life slide. And, uh, you know, I, I started to gain a lot of weight because I was constantly thinking about work and I wasn't taking the time to look after my body, whether it be through exercise or nutrition. I kind of started, not kind of, I was neglecting my uh, my friends and, and uh, you know, any close relationships and that kind of thing. You know, I became more distant at home. You know, we had young babies at that point in time and I found that, uh, I was spending more time at the office. Uh, you know, I just did, I was just way too involved in work in general at that uh, that stage in the game. And you know, at, at that point, two years in, you know, I mean, I was uh, just beginning a property management company. Um, two years in, I, I had I had signed up a, a contract to buy my brokerage with uh, in partnership with a couple other uh, friends from the office. So I was going to become an owner in our brokerage. I had a property management company, a big renovation company. I was still selling homes. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, it was just so much stuff going on. 
And, uh, you know, my, my health was really out of whack. I was feeling terrible. And uh, just every day I, you know, I, I was working, but just I just threw way too much on, on the plate at the same time. I had way too many balls up in the air. And things started to, to crash and burn in, in, in a big, big way. And uh, it got so bad that uh, my wife and I, for a period of time, separated. We were actually, uh, you know, we just about split up. We, we were separated for just about a year. And um, in that period of time, I, I was more challenged than, uh, than I would want to see for anybody. I mean, I, I became deeply, deeply depressed. Um, I quit working for like six months. I, I, I couldn't, uh, you know, and at that, that time, my income came right down. I was unfolding the property management company. I was shutting down our renovation company. I backed out of buying into the, into the real estate brokerage. And you know, just through a series of unfortunate events, right before my wife and I split, we, we had bought our dream home. You know, the home that we thought we were we were going to live in forever. And it was just basically a mansion, you know, as far as we were concerned. You know, we we spent most of our capital acquiring that property and, uh, and furnishing it up and that kind of thing. And unfortunately, shortly after we bought the home, we had some uh, some friends that had a, you know, some, a series of dire uh, needs came up. And we ended up loaning about $100,000 over the period of about four months to some very close family and friends. And... Uh, at the same time, all this other stuff was going on. And anyway, it became clear uh, after my wife and I were split that that money wasn't coming back. Um, I became an alcoholic for a little bit because I was just so depressed and didn't know what to do. And, um, and I'll tell you what, there, there was so much going on that for me, it was really interesting. I, I took, you know, I, I was living in a tiny little apartment that was sparsely furnished. Um, you know, we had a tax bill because I was making good money as a realtor, but money we were spending a lot in our, in our, uh, in our businesses. And we had a tax bill come in that was $110,000 that I couldn't pay because we had loaned out this $100,000 to some other friends recently. And I had just an unbelievable amount of pressure. Uh, you know, I, I was separated on my own. My kids were just young babies. And there's, there was all kinds of mayhem going on. Like My life was just unraveling like, like crazy. And, uh, you know, that's when I decided to make some major, major changes. I took a good long look at my life and... Uh, you know, realized that I, I spent and I overinvested in real estate and underinvested in a bunch of other avenues that were probably more important than the real estate. And so it was funny. I mean, I, I started to, uh, you know, go to the gym, you know, and I and I, I really started pounding on weights and taking care of my body. I started playing guitar. I quit making work a priority. And it's funny what happened in about a six-month period. I had lost about 145 pounds. Um, you know, I was playing guitar and singing live in front of like, you know, two, 300 people at a couple different, uh, you know, trade shows or sort of folk music festivals and that kind of thing around our area. And beforehand, I was too nervous to sing in front of anybody, even, even myself. And, uh, you know, work was secondary. So my, my, my health came through um, after those challenges. I, I just, I, I, what I decided to do was quit spending time on everything and focus on two or three things that would give me the biggest results in life. Looking after my body, looking after my friendships, and, uh, and looking after some passions that I had neglected for so long literally changed my entire experience for us. It was amazing. Um, and because I, you know, and I, I think I remember coming to a rain event a few years ago after I had dropped all that weight and everything else was, was changing in my life, and people couldn't believe the differences that they were seeing. And, uh, you know, on top of just, just the weight end, my, my income doubled. Like I went from making maybe, you know, 500,000 a year in my second year to well over a million dollars. I worked less than half the time and I became the top realtor in BC in that, in that same uh, standpoint. And mostly because I just decided that I was no longer going to spend time and energy on low value tasks. I, you know, I was going to focus on one thing and be the best I could be at it. 
And I got rid of everything else. So I got started getting rid of the clients that were negative. I started getting rid of the businesses that uh, were stretching me too thin, like the property management and this idea of owning a brokerage and uh, you know this big renovation company. And each one of those was a going concern. Like the property management company was four or five hundred properties or units that we had uh, under management. We were renovating all kinds of buildings, full apartment blocks, adding in basement suites. Uh, we had tons of projects on the go, and. Um, when I let all of that go, it left room for what I really wanted to show up. And, uh, you know, while I look back at that time frame and I easily could have had a, a mental breakdown before I found the strength to uh, overcome some of those challenges, I look back at that time as probably one of the most, uh, you know, transformational periods in my life because it really, really shook up and made me more aware of, of focusing on what I want as opposed to just allowing things to show up because you feel like you have to prove something to everybody. I was always the guy that felt like I had to prove myself or prove my worth because I grew up, you know, hearing that I was, uh, you know, poor or whatever the case is. And uh, yeah, it was, it was just really, really tough. Um, so actually, Mitch, that's actually a good time to, to, so is your, is your daughter, is your daughter there? Yeah, they just came home. My little one just popped in. She didn't know I was doing a video, so well, she, she's got. She just came in to say hi. Oh no, well, that's that's <laughs> in, that's probably an important message that you uh, have put family first, and you actually took the time to to put real estate in the correct place in your life yeah. to to make sure that you can spend more time with your family. It, it's actually quite quite appropriate that your daughter walked in exactly at that time. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I suppose it is. Now that I think about it, yeah, you're right. Wow, <laughs> holy moly, Mitch, that that is an incredible story. Now, I I I thought I knew the story and I thought I knew the whole thing, but holy moly, there's some there's some um, depth and some layers to the to this onion to this story. And I just want to thank you for being very vulnerable to to share all that. And I think there's a huge message in there of ladies and gentlemen of you know once Mitch got focus on the priorities in his life. Um, and where real estate fit in within his life, your real estate started performing better when you started focusing on yourself and your family first. Absolutely. I mean, like Russ, if I could tell anybody something now is, you know, if you're looking after yourself and not just you know, in all aspects, and so don't don't focus on one thing too much, but if there's anything I can throw out to people starting off, don't ever underestimate the, uh, you know, the value of, of, of you know nurturing yourself in, in all the different aspects. I mean, like spend time with hobbies, build deep, strong relationships with people as as much as you can, you know. And and you know, understand that whatever job you're in, you're up to should not rule your life, but it should support you doing all the other things that you want to do. And as soon as you're you know, if if you're if you're feeling vibrant and healthy, and you've got good relationships, and you're feeling like you're doing something that matters, you're going to be on fire. You're going to have energy. You're going to be vibrant. You're going to be an attractive personality, and that's going to make you ten times more effective in real estate with with less than a quarter of the effort. And that was my experience. Yeah, and real estate has been a, a big portion of being able to fund that time and space for you to do that work on yourself, hasn't it? Totally, yeah. I mean, w without a doubt. And you know, one other thing that that I, that I, I would look at now. Originally, before I had these big visions of uh, you know, and I do own over a hundred properties now. But I mean, you know, looking at it, I if I could re redo things, I would uh, you know get probably I, I wouldn't have bought probably as many properties as I have, or at least not for the money reasons. I mean, I, I after hitting a few milestones. Um, you know, for example, when I when I first hit ten thousand dollars a month in passive income, then twenty thousand dollars a month. You know, it, it's it's one of those things where you know, if, if you 
can get really clear about the lifestyle that you want to live. And I'm suggesting maybe pull that down a little bit, like maybe not focus on the big giant house on the lake, but maybe just a more comfortable home and reduce your monthly expenses, but still have enough to have the freedom to do whatever you want when you want to do it within reason. Um, you know, if you can bring your monthly costs down in your, in your, you know, your, the lifestyle that you would like to live, you can get off the hamster wheel a lot sooner and uh, start enjoying life. Um, you know, that was one mistake that I made, Russ, was just uh, always wanting more and never, uh, you know, never realizing that I could create a lifestyle sooner in the process. I was just always churning, always on that hamster wheel. And I, you know, I, it is what it is now, but I wish I would have realized that, that I could get off of the hamster wheel earlier. Wow. Just making sure you buy properties for the right reasons. And that right reason is you do it intentionally and on purpose, as opposed to, you know, haphazardly and, and for ego's sake at the same time too, right? Or or to even try to, you know, to try and uh, fulfill upon something that might have been lacking, a worthiness feeling of la- something that might have been lacking from childhood, right? Uh, Russ, I'll tell you something, Megan. That, that for, for me anyway, was probably one of the single biggest things. Like When I started pulling away from... Uh, from real estate, you know, after that period of time a couple of years ago, I've looked at things totally different. And now, when I when I analyze what drove me, uh, you know, to to work so un- unhealthily and put so much effort in, a lot of it was, you know, and I, I didn't I didn't intellectualize it or, or, or think about it like this back then, but I know it's true. You know, I I had heard from growing up that I wasn't going to amount to much. A lot of teachers had told me that I wasn't, uh, you know, not to expect much because I wasn't an overly bright or smart student, according to them. And, uh, you know, I just, even from my, my father a couple of times, you know, I just had made a lot of comments that I probably wasn't going to go very far in life and things like that stick with you sometimes. And I felt earlier in my career that I was really trying to, because for me, honestly, it was never really about the money, but I was looking for recognition, honestly, and, uh, some self-validation somehow. And, and I started to get upset maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago when I realized that. And, uh, you know, and I, I look around at a lot of people that are striving so hard and I see there's probably a lot of people doing it for unauthentic reasons. And, uh, you know, I, I just, if, if there's anything else I can throw out to people that are kind of just starting off or maybe in that process right now is really, really to check in to why you're doing what you're doing and make sure that it's aligned to you and, and what you really want, as opposed to what you think that you need from other people to feel either love or validation or, or just importance or whatever the heck it is. Um, because that can really create a lot of havoc in your life big time. It did it for me. Wow. Doing, taking the time to do the inner work is sometimes more uh, value than, than, you know, a new strategy and all that kind of stuff like that. Cause, and that's one of the things that we do at the Real Estate Investment Network is we do help facilitate a lot of, you know, help with people with, um, with the inner work, with, you know, who they become as people along the way. And it's not about the result. It's more important about how you show up and who you become down the journey. Well, speaking of journey, <laughs> holy moly, I've, I, that is inspiring. I, you know, I want to go out and I want to, I want to go, <laughs> I don't know what I want to do, but I want to do something. They just inspired me so much here, brother. <laughs> so, so a couple final questions I want to leave you off with here. Um, what do you need help with right now? What's, what's next for Mitch Collins and is, what can I help you with? Well, I'll tell you what. Okay. So, I mean, for me, I think earlier I mentioned to you that, that I, I made a list of some of the goals that I wanted. And I think I, I said earlier that I, that I kind of hit them all off except for one. And there, and it is funny when I, um, in high school, I told you that I used to manage a gym and that kind of thing. And it's funny in my life outside of real estate, I've always struggled with, uh, with health and, and weight problems and that kind of thing. I've always been up and down like, like major, majorly. 
Um, you know, when I was a 13 year old kid, uh, or sorry, a 12 year old kid, I weighed like 355 pounds. And, uh, you know, I met a guy that managed a gym and, uh, you know, he took me under his wing and, uh, basically coached me and, and over the process of grade 10 to grade 12, I lost about 120 pounds and was just really, really big and strong. And I set a Canadian bench press record, uh, you know, unofficial, but just about a 500 pound bench press under the tutelage of this man. And, um, you know, so, so anyway, I thought that I was going to do something with health and fitness when I was, when I was really young, before I got into real estate and let go back into my old habits again. And then, you know, after, uh, leaving that sphere and coming, you know, to work rigs and eventually getting into real estate where I was sedentary all the time and started getting really, really heavy again, I've dropped a bunch of weight, but it's funny, you know, I'm looking at that goal sheet that I made for myself 10 years ago. One thing was to create a real estate portfolio and help people out. And the second thing that I wanted to do that I'm just starting to kind of spend my time and energy on now is, uh, you know, creating a, uh, writing a book and basically sharing my struggles around uh, weight issues and, you know, the, the mental and emotional aspects that lead to weight and becoming an issue and not just weight, but health in general. And uh, there's something I'm going to do with that. So that was one of the single biggest reasons that I've moved to North Vancouver here a while ago was clean healthy area. Um, it's an easy place for me to network with people that can help me in getting my own level of, of health and wellness set together so I can go out and help people that are like me that, that maybe are doing well in business and have struggled with that area of life and maybe need some distinctions around doing that. And I would say there's any help that I need right now is, uh, you know, is maybe anybody listening to this that maybe has gone through a major transition, whether it be from where you live or from a, you know, one industry to a different, a totally new one, um, it's just maybe some stories and, uh, you know, some challenges that other people have faced that I might be able to learn from. I mean, I, I've done real estate and what I want to do now is something totally different. But I, I kind of feel like I did, you know, 10 years ago when I took on, uh, you know, the real estate as, as, a, as a neophyte in the newbie back then. I, there's something else that I want to do now, but uh, I'm not quite sure exactly how I'm going to execute it. And that's exciting, but at the same time, uh, it leaves some questions. So <laughs> I'd love to hear some stories from people that have made a big transition to another industry and just what they faced with and how they dealt with it. That would be huge for me. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what, at towards the end, when we do wrap up, we'll, we'll send out your coordinates and where people can get a hold of you on that. And you know what, uh, Mitch, if there's anything I can do to help with that, I'd, I'd love to be on board and help you out. Maybe I can introduce you to uh, Don Loney, who's heading up a, a lot of the rain press initiatives out here, former publisher. Maybe he can connect you to the right people. And, you know, let's get, let's get this, let's get this bad boy off the ground, my friend. Yeah, well, I appreciate it, man. The power of a network is huge. And, uh, you know, one other thing, too, that I've realized is that you only have so much energy to give. And, uh, you know, I've realized now that after pulling away from real estate for a while, I'm really, really enjoying, like, for the last month and a half, no, actually two and a half months now that I've been in Vancouver, I haven't really worked in probably four or five months now. And that's the first time in my life, like, I've worked lightly. I mean, little things here and there. But really, I get up and I'm just kind of relaxing. I'm recharging the batteries and kind of getting clear on what's next and how I'm going to implement it and just kind of strategizing, kind of like I did way back when, except this time now I can, because we, we, we've worked so hard with the real estate and we can kind of pick and choose what we want to do and you know focus more on, on having an impact and just doing something that aligns with what we want to go and do. So um, yeah, I'm super excited to, to you know, meet anybody you might be able to throw at me that can help out with that, man. I'd, be, wow. I'd love it. Unbelievable. All right, one, one final question before we, we do start wrapping up here. So, so imagine this, picture, picture this, if you will. You, you walk into a room that's painted all white. There's no windows in there. 
And in this room, there are two chairs, just two chairs sitting in the middle of this room. And sitting in one of the two chairs is this uh, handsome young lad named 18-year-old Mitch Collins. And he's sitting there and you walk in with all your life experiences and everything you've gone through and everything you've done up to this point. And you are now sitting in front of 18-year-old Mitch Collins. What would be the best advice that you could offer to that beautiful young man at 18 years old that could change his life? Holy smokes. Like Russ, when I, when I, if I actually think about that for a minute, it really, really throws me off a little bit because I, uh, you know, as a young man, I was basically aimless and didn't know what the hell to do. And I guess if I could go back in time, um, you know, I would tell myself to focus originally on, uh, you know, just, just building self-love more than anything and not, not having to worry about and constantly trying to compare with other people and compete with other people because that's just a losing proposition. And uh, I'm still reminding myself that even now all, all the time. But I, I wish I could have went back then and uh, just told myself, man, life is not a race do what you think is right for you. Uh, you know, that doesn't mean settle. doesn't mean be easy and take it easy on yourself. Push yourself super hard, but make sure that you're doing what you th want to do for the right reasons and that you're not looking for external gratification to uh, to propel you. I mean, that's just going to leave you empty, and, and, it, and it's happened to me. I wish I could have told myself that earlier. Wow. Amen, brother. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Mitch, I just want to – just wanted to – in closing here, I just wanted to to thank you. I, um, thank you for many things. I want to thank you for for being an incredible um, uh, inspiration to many, to being an incredible giving human being. The thing that you did for in, what was happening in Fort McMurray with the wildfires about opening up um, homes that you have and putting things out on Facebook, that just is, speaks so loudly to who you are as a human being. You know, what was it last weekend? I saw that you and your, your family were holding a, a, a lemonade stand. And what you were doing was you're raising money to build an orphanage and teaching that lesson for your kids. So in every situation that I've ever come across and everything you do, who you show up, Mitch, you are one of the good people in life. And I just want to thank you for being you. Thanks, Ray. I appreciate that, man. Thank you very much. It's humbling to hear that. Thank you. Well, you know what? You're you you're a very you're a large man, and you you have done many large things in your life, and it is inspiring to watch. So, uh, in wrapping here, Mitch, where would somebody, if you if you've been touched by this interview by Mr. Mitch Collins, where would uh, someone reach out to you? Where would be the best place to uh, get hold of you? And uh, if if someone wanted to check out a website or f social media, where where do we find Mitch Collins hanging out? <laughs> well, probably the best place would be Facebook, I'd imagine. I mean, I don't really have a, uh, you know, you could go to my website, but I mean, it's an old real estate website that I haven't touched in about seven years. <laughs> so um, I'd say Facebook, yeah. So just Mitch Collins on Facebook, that's kind of where I hang out. Um, but, you know, I mean, the other thing too is just to send me a message. I mean, I love chatting with people that, uh, you know, are, are looking at maybe making a big change in their life. And I'm all about at this stage in the game now. Uh, because I'm going through a transition myself, uh, you know, is helping people and doing the same thing. I, I've got I've got all kinds of time for, uh, you know, connecting with people and helping out. So I, I'd say, you know, Facebook, you can send me a message there. We can connect. Uh, that's probably the easiest place. Wow. Holy moly, this has been one of my favorite uh, interviews that I've done. And, and I just, one more time, Mitch, just wanted to thank you for your time. Uh, I know you, you love to give back. So just thank you very much, my friend. Yeah, no, thank you as well, Russ. It's funny. I, you know, just one quick thing before I run. 
um, you know, I've had uh, more of an impact through rain. And I remember yourself, I think we probably joined somewhere around the same time at rain and, um, you know, rain and the network that, that, that I've met there have been some of the biggest people that have changed my life in, in so many ways. I want to say thank you to you for, for the work that you've done and the people that you're still impacting right now and the time and energy that you're putting in. I've got to watch you evolve over the last, uh, you know, probably just about a decade as well. And uh, I just want to say, man, it's, it's, uh, you've come a long way uh, as well. I mean, just, just the person that you are. So uh, I want to kick that back to you, man. Uh, it's fantastic to be in a network, know, knowing people for a long time and watching everybody's evolution. It's just so cool. Right on. Well, thank you very much. That's, that's touching. Uh, coming from you, Mitch, I, I know it's, I know where it comes from, so thank you very much. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's Russell Westcott from the Real Estate Investment Network. We're signing off. Until the next interview, bye for now. You've just listened to the latest Building Real Estate Wealth episode. And on behalf of the entire team at the Real Estate Investment Network, I wanted to thank you for your time. Feel free to share this episode with a family member or a friend and help inspire somebody in your life. If you're feeling inspired and moved by this amazing story and would like to author your very own real estate success story, I would like to invite you to take the next steps that are right for you. If you're not sure where to start, the following three steps will set you up on the pathway to success. First, use a real estate investing system that has been tested in all market conditions. Next, make sure you surround yourself with like-minded investors. And finally, take some action. A membership within the Rain family will help you accomplish all three and put you firmly on the pathway to success. You can always go to raincanada.com or you can call 1-888-824-7346 to make sure that this is a fit for you or if you have any questions. Once again, thank you for your time and we look forward to helping you author your real estate success story. 